Hey, what's up? It's Nick Cavuto, and I am going to be on the Root of Success podcast with the real Jason Duncan. It's going to be absolutely epic. We have some really heartfelt conversations, but we also talk about what success looks like, what I've learned about success, what Jason has learned about success. It's going to be an absolute blast. So make sure that you show up. It's going to be a powerful conversation, and I, I can't wait and hope to see you there. Welcome to the Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another edition of The Root of All Success. I am the real Jason Duncan. I got a great guest for you today. I got Nick Cavuto on the show. He's a Nashville guy, just like me. He lives south of town. I live north of town. And uh, I didn't know until this morning when we were prepping for the show that his kids were part of the Covenant Christian School shooting that happened in Nashville earlier this year, not just a little over a month and a half ago. And uh, so because of that, I asked his permission to talk about that experience. And that is going to be the majority of our show today, talking about that experience. And uh, you're really going to appreciate his perspective. Now, we spent some time at the end of the show talking a little bit about what he does professionally. So I want to give you a little bit of an intro of who he is. He's a four-time CEO and founder. He's a Fortune 500 consultant, a private equity investor. He's a keynote speaker, a global business leader, and he's dedicated to seeing people succeed with an intuitive approach to business and growth, business and personal growth through personal transformation. And we're going to talk about what he does at the end of the show, but we're going to start the show by talking about the traumatic experience that his kids uh, had to experience at the Covenant Christian School shooting in Nashville. So you want to listen up, pay attention. There's going to be a little bit different emotion in this show than I typically do, but uh, but it's all really good stuff. So. So here we are. Let me introduce you to Nick Cavuto. Hey there, Nick. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate you having me here, man. Well, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, man. We've we've our we've our paths have crossed over the last several years. Finally, got to meet in person when you came to speak at one of my mastermind events back in I don't know was it January or February? I can't remember when it was. It was yeah, yeah like last okay. week, last couple of days in January. Yeah, so we did that back in January. Now here it is in uh, in May, and we're finally meeting up. But we don't live that far away. You're south of town in Nashville. I'm north of town in Nashville, and uh, I'm glad you're on the show, man. I love it. So Thanks, how man. things been going? Appreciate you having me here. Things have been going well, man. You know, life is it has its unique twists and turns, and um, you know, I think you know, in reflection, there's times in life where we feel like we're trapped in transition between one thing and the next thing. And I've really started reflecting on that, Jason, in my journey um, of realizing that we're not trapped. We're actually in training for the next thing. And that's given me a tremendous amount of hope and uh, and perspective in the season of life that I found myself in. And I think that a lot of people are in, whether that's a 
new opportunity or whether that's they're an entrepreneur and they're developing a new business or revamping an old one, uh, whether they unfortunately maybe are facing a divorce or a lawsuit, it doesn't matter. I think that I just, you know, my heartbeat is to encourage those who are going through a season of trial uh, to say, keep trusting. If you're trying, keep trusting. If you're trying, keep trusting. And that's my heart, man. And so uh, that's a little bit of what I'm going through and also the hope that I want to spread in the world as well. Well, I, so I wrote that down. We're not trapped. We're in training. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a pretty interesting perspective. And I think I think everything, and I know you would agree with this, everything comes back to mindset. No matter what we're experiencing, our reality is directly related to our thoughts. Our thoughts are directly related to our beliefs. Um, you know, and we give meaning to the things that happen to us. And I think that, you know, you've given, um, you've given me some perspective. I know you had, um, you had a pretty terrible event happen for those that that have been paying attention to the national news over the last several months. Uh, there was a shooting at a school, private school in Nashville, Tennessee back in, uh, what was that? February? Is that February? Uh, late, late March. Mm-hmm. Late March. Okay. So sooner, so not as long ago as I thought. So my time and timing is off in my brain evidently, but <laughs> no. so late March, uh, and your kids are, are, uh, students at that school. So yeah. first of all, can you just tell for those that might not have heard about it? Cause I know not everybody watches the news. The only reason I knew about it is because I live in Nashville. I don't watch the news, but I heard people talking about it and then that's the way I became aware of it. So what, yeah. uh, tell everybody a little bit about what happened at the school on that day. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was about 10, 15 in the morning, um, you know, previous student, you know, came to the school. This is a K through sixth grade school, you know, it's an elementary school and, uh, you know, someone who has, uh, who lost hope, who lost perspective, who lost, um, you know, the source of meaning in their life, who lost the bigger picture, um, and was in a tremendous amount of pain decided to, um, seek vengeance or, uh, you know, to vindicate themselves or the life story that they told themselves and, uh, went into the school and, and took six lives. And, um, three of those were children who were nine years old, third graders. Um, and then three of them were staff members. Um, in those situations, you know, it's funny, um, the perspective that we carry as adults and, you know, potentially as parents, for those who are listening to our parents, you never think it's going to happen where you are ever. I even said it two weeks before this happened. You know, my wife's father is also a victim of gun violence. She, he was killed when she was three. And, um, so this is the second time this is like hitting really close to home for our family. And, um, you just never think it's going to happen to you until it does. And so just like the game of life, um, you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared for the challenging situations that you're going to face. You're going to have to be, you know, ready for the unknown and the unexpected. And, um, you know, there were a lot of heroes that day, a lot of heroes, you know, the teachers and their training of understanding active shooters and what to do in those situations saved countless lives. Thir- they say 30 to 60 lives or, uh, uh and, and, or injured was what the hospital was prepared for. And, you know, unfortunately six people lost their lives, but based on the size of the school and the statistics of what normally happens, that's what they were prepared to have to address. And, um, you know, the head of the school was one of the victims and I know her extremely well. In fact, we had a parent teacher conference scheduled with her that day. I just know her level of care and love and compassion for those kids. And she lost her life defending them. And, um, 
it's interesting in life and really challenging times that don't make sense. There's also moments of courage that don't make sense. You know, I can't say that if I was in the same situation, I'd love to say that I would do exactly what she did and confront that person unarmed in defense of those kids. And um, at the same time, that takes an immense amount of courage uh, to do the impossible, to do the unthinkable, to stare death in the face and, and know that just like, you know, Jesus came and took our place and, and stepped into the reality of being the one who created redemption for us. Um, it's pretty amazing when you see someone take on the characteristics of someone who loves you more than your parents ever will <laughs> and, yeah. and stand in the way of, of, uh, of death and, and evil really, uh, in, in, in protection of others. So it was a very interesting situation, uh, a very unique thing to deal with. My office is directly across the street from the school. So I was able to get there immediately. And I was with the kids just about the entire time after they got out of the school. So I have a kindergartner and a first grader who were at the school during, during this. So, wow. So you're, so the, so your kids are what five and six years old and, and, uh, is that right? Five and seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Five and seven. So you have five and seven year olds. And so what was it like? I mean, you're across the street. Obviously you don't know what's happening. How would, how did you become aware of it? And then tell us how you, like what emotions yeah. were going through your mind. I can't even imagine as a dad, that, that feeling. Well, um, you know, obviously, cause this was happening at the school, they don't have a way to communicate out. Um, and so by the time the communications went out from the police to then other schools for lockdown, we have friends of ours who, uh, their kids go to CPA. Um, so it's a school that's just about two miles away from, from covenant. And it's kind of, they're like sister schools in a way. And, um, they got a notification that there was a shooting at the covenant school. And, um, and we have, uh, uh, they got an email, the parents did. So the parents called, called us and my wife was the first one to get the call. And, um, yeah, that was unbelievably challenging to get that phone call. She then called me. And I mean, it's kind of one of those traumatic things in your head. You play over and over and over and over and over again. It's like that call is one of those things that keeps me up at night right now. And, and so I just remember what she said, you know, there's been a shooting at the covenant school. And I just said, what? And she said, Nick, there's a shooting at the covenant school. You need to get there now. And I have never ran so fast in my life. Um, but what's unique is. I told my wife, I said, I want you to listen to me right now. Our kids are safe. They're fine. And she's just bawling hysterically. And I'm like, you just got it. You just got to listen to me. You got to trust me. They're okay. They're going to be okay. I had this overwhelming sense of peace that they were safe. And I don't know where that comes from. If that's my relationship with, with God, or if that's how you know, human biology signals work, but I just knew they were okay. And, um, yeah, my son, uh, they were on the playground when the shooter entered, I mean, she was 200, not even a hundred feet from them and decided not to go after them on the playground, which was interesting. Uh, so my son went through the woods and exited out Hillsborough road. Um, and then my daughter was in one classroom over from where those third graders were killed. So that call that came in was incredibly challenging. I ran across the street, but I knew that they were okay. I just had this inner knowing. I, I don't know how to explain where that came from, but, um, yeah, got a text, you know, with my daughter and 
with her friends and knew she was good. And I was actually with my son while I was running up, he was coming down the hill. So yeah, a lot of divine moments, a lot of like, a lot of really, really powerful reflection came from that truly about everything that I do as an entrepreneur, what I invest my time into, because everything matters way different now after you go Mm -hmm. through something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, so, so I can't, like I said, I can't as a dad, I mean, my kids are much older, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if my kids, any family members involved in a building where I know somebody's in there shooting guns at, at, you know, with intent to kill, um, I can't imagine that feeling. What about your kids? I mean, they're, they're really, really young and I, I'm sure there's so much about this. They still don't understand and, and it'll be, you know, maybe forever before they understand it. But like, what, what was going on in their mind? Did have, have, have they been able to kind of overcome the trauma of it or is this still ongoing? I mean, I don't want to get too personal, but how, how are they dealing with this? You know, kids are super resilient and, um, you know, my daughter, um, being one remover, you know, you think basically an AR in a building, 150 shots. <laughs> I mean, we're talking, this is not like one or two or three times. Um, you're hearing every individual shot. Uh, what was interesting is um, in my daughter's situation, um, there was a girl in her class who was really struggling. They were in a bulletproof closet in the art room, and which our kids should never have to go through. But one of her is friends it really was really struggling. Is it yeah. really a bulletproof closet that, that was built yeah. that way on purpose? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know yeah. about that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on kind of the layout of the room and then how they structure it for that safety um, protocol. But in that room, I don't think there were deep corners in the room. So they had to create a separate space for them to, to be able to be safe. And um, so my daughter just you know, focused her attention on comforting her friends. And um, when I saw her art teacher after, she said, you know what, Nick, you should be so proud of your daughter. She's seven, dude. She said, uh, your daughter was a leader in that room. If I do anything right, and if I've done anything right, and I remember dropping the kids off to school that day, and I said, hey, guys, don't forget, be leaders today. If I did anything right, it's instilling that value that when life's biggest challenges come, you show up and you lead and you step up. And so my daughter really focused her attention instead of being inside of the fear herself. She was a hope dealer and she gave hope to her friends that everything was going to be okay and comforted them and loved on them and stayed with them the whole time. Um, so she even was in the building, but your, but your son was out, right? He wasn't in there when that happened. He was outside. Correct. He was outside. They exited through the playground and the same type of thing happened with my son. You know, he, uh, we talked to uh, one of the parents and she said, um, Jude told our, told our daughter, don't worry, this will never happen again. <laughs> He's five years old. <laughs> Kids at the front of the line leading his, his class. And he turns around and he says to this girl again, who is just really struggling. I mean, it's incredibly traumatic. There's so much fear. And she said, don't worry, this will never happen again. That's, and that's my mission. My mission in life is to be a hope dealer, a hope dealer and a dope healer. Like that's, that's my mission. That's what I'm here to do is to bring redemption uh, through conversation and through insight and to see my kids carry on that legacy and a really challenging circumstance when they could have acted and responded totally differently. I mean, that's the infinite purpose. That's, that's success yeah. in life. I mean, in a lot of ways, 
is has to do with our legacy. Um, but yeah. So is the school mm. back, uh, is the school back open and operating normal being a weird word, but are they, are they back? They are, they are, they're back and everyone's doing incredibly well. Um, and they're going to, a, there's a different location. There's a lot of repairs. I mean, they basically have to like completely revamp the school, um, upstairs. So yeah, they're, you know, the generosity, the, the response from this community and the people the response from the police officers who just went in there and like, we have, we know so many more details than the public does about so much of this stuff. But one of the things that I can share is like with the police officers, two went in with pistols, one with a shotgun and one with a rifle. They all had rifles and they all had full tactical body armor gear in their vehicles. And they chose to not put it on, which doubled their fatality um, chances to make sure that those kids were safe. They responded in a moment's notice. It took them 11 minutes from the call to the time that the shooter was executed. 11 minutes. Usually it takes them 11 minutes just to get there. And they wow. responded in a moment's notice and they ran into danger knowing. And by the way, all four of those police officers have children. So they put their lives on the line. They put their the representation of being a father and a husband and all those things to their kids and their their wives on the line to show up for our kids. I mean, just that's why I'm saying there's just so many miracles and it's so messy, yeah. but there's so many miracles, right? The school that building that they're in right now, it's just perfect facility. It's a mile down the road. I mean, it just things just work out. Um, especially when life is it has its way of just creating these unique challenges. Like when you just trust that something greater has your back it's funny how things just start falling into place and this is when that sense of hope matters the most i saw the um the body cam footage of one of the officers who was in the building uh shortly after it all happened within a few days of it happening mm -hmm. and yeah it was uh that was intense that was an intense video to watch because I, I obviously i've never been in that situation i've you know i own guns uh you know i've shot guns I, I, i've you know, mm -hmm. the past, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't have a fear of guns, but however, I've never been in a situation where that gun was between me and the ability to live, like continue living. Yeah. And I, so t let's, if you don't mind, I want to kind of dig into that just a little bit. So I, if my, I'll, I'll give my opinion so I don't set it up. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to set you up to trap you into a question, but, but my opinion is that we have a mental health crisis in this country, which is the reason we're having things like this that are happening. Uh, mm -hmm. My opinion, it's that's what we need to address. It's a mental health crisis because a sane person who's dealing with life on a sane level doesn't go into a school and shoot kids. That doesn't happen. Sane yeah. people don't do that. So what yeah. what's your thought about why, you know, the bigger question of what's going on in the world, guns and mental health? Where, where do you stand on this? What's your thoughts as someone yeah. who survived it? Well, you know, my mentor, David Meltzer, has a really good saying. He, he says, uh, happy people don't do bad things. <laughs> and that's, that's simply why he wants to empower a billion people to be happy is because that's a ripple effect of hope. And I see it the same way, you know, it's absolutely a mental health health crisis. I mean, there's just, there's just no question. It's also a spiritual crisis. And, and I think the mental health crisis is, is, is rooted in the idea, you know, this comes from essentially from, you know, uh, man's search for meaning you're willing to endure the struggle of life. So as long as the hope and meaning that's at the finish line is congruent and worth it, like we'll endure any like how, so as long as the why is big enough. And I don't think that these people who do these things um, can endure the how. 
because the why is not congruent. You know, we know that we live in a broken world. We know that there's going to be challenges um, and that we have to stare in the face of evil. I've heard it said one time that 98% of people are great people. And then you have 1% of people who are really bad people. And then you have 1% of people who are fighting the really bad people. You know, and that's where I look at our police and our military and all of our heroes, you know, preventing evil because that's kind of how the world operates and energy operates the same way. And it's the same force in equal and opposite direction. If you remember from the dark Knight from Batman, he says the Joker, uh, or they're in that interrogation room and the Joker says to him, he says, don't you understand you complete me? It's a crazy thought, but it's actually really true. But what's the, what's the requirement or the need for, you know, the hero, if there's no villain. And it works in vice versa as well. And that is the story of life. That's the challenge of life. And so looking at the contrast of gun laws and, and what needs to happen and what doesn't need to happen. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, people need hope. People need to know that there's a greater sense of being of who they can become and what God has in store for their life. Um, I believe that, you know, uh, when people are happy that they don't do bad things. I've told my daughter that, um, I believe that redemption is, is available for anybody who wants it and, um, taking guns out of, you know, I mean, there's more guns than people in the United States. I mean, it's just not even a, it's not even a realistic conversation to have, but one where our community can feel more accepted, like they belong, like they don't have to go to these extreme lengths to just make their voice heard or make their case clear. The true, like, sorrow in this is that is that someone felt like they were so unheard they were so not validated and and likely they were they went to the extent of trying to find answers in a place that just created more hopelessness for them mm -hmm. and that that truly breaks my heart so i don't think guns are the problem i think that connection with ourselves and with the creator who placed us here is the real challenge and I just hope to like put a flashlight on that for a few people today to just say, Hey, if you're going through it, all you got to do is just ask for help. It's just so simple. Um, as a parent who mm -hmm. has two children in the covenant Christian school in Nashville that survived their two kids survived this heinous, um, atrocity that happened on innocent lives. What do you think about the media coverage on this? Um, what, what's your response to what they're saying about what happened and the causes and, and the protests and the, and the, 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 people showing up, like what, what are you, what are your thoughts as a dad who has two kids that survived this craziness? What do you think about that? You know, I was on one other podcast with a, with a uh, entrepreneur here in Nashville and he asked me a similar question. And, um, my response is pretty simple. Like we don't need more people mouthing off on a talking head, you know, channel. What I need is, the dads of the kids that are in my son's class to get down on their knee and give my son a hug and say, thank you for being best friends with my son. You know, what we actually need is, you know, the moms of the girls that are in my daughter's class to reach out and, and, you know, set up play dates and create opportunities for these girls. They'll always be connected in such a unique and strong bond for a lifetime mm -hmm. and to foster those relationships and to, you know, I, I did feel like in our community, we went from having like acquaintances to having family here instantly. I mean, you can imagine that, you know, drama has a way of bonding people in a very powerful way. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, I didn't really, and I haven't paid any attention to all of that. 
I've just focused on my kids. I focused on, you know, the things that are within my sphere of, of influence. Um, I've gotten reached out to by over 20 reporters to talk about this. And, and I have just chosen not to. The, I just pointed back to the video <laughs> that I've done and I'm like, just go watch it and you can take statements from that. But yeah, I, I think the bottom line is like people don't, don't understand this until you experience it. And if people want to help or if they want to understand what's going on, there's not much to understand. There's, there's a very broken world that we live in and people who are crying out for help and we need to be open and available and get our heads out of our phones and get into our hearts and just love on our community and love on our people and, and express the truth that there's something greater that can create, you know, healing and hope and that can cure the mind, that can cure the heart, that can cure the pain and the hatred and, and all the things, you know, uh, the media has done done nothing holistically as an entity, but create division 100%. in a world of where my hope is to bring people together. Well, I'm with you on that. I, I quit watching the news um, over a decade ago, and I think that my life is better because of it. And I would go so yes, far sir. as to say that with rare exceptions, I'll say with rare exceptions, I think that people in the news media are are the biggest problem with our society. I think they're immoral and unethical. I think what they're doing is they're causing not, not a news media person did not put a gun in the hand of this lady who went into this school, shot these kids. They, they, I can't, nobody can say that, but I can tell you that if the media didn't exist and the crap that they talk about with all the stuff that's going on in our world today, you know, I think less bad things would happen. So I think everybody yeah, listening agreed. to this podcast, watching this podcast, turn the damn TV off. Stop subscribing <laughs> to the news. Just get back to life. Because if you need to know about it, you will find out about it. I, like I said, sure. I didn't know about this by watching the news. I just, you know, the coffee talk at the at the, at the coffee shop. Somebody said, did you hear about this? No, I didn't. What's going on? And then I found out about it. And you and I are, we're not buddies. We're friends. I didn't even know until this morning that you had kids there. Like that's mm -hmm. crazy to me that I didn't know that. And I know that for those that you normally listen to the show, it's like, Hey, we normally talk about positive, happy things about being successful. <laughs> and here we are talking about the trauma of surviving a school shooting. So I will ask one more question about this and then we're going to shift gears yeah. for the remainder of our time. But yeah, how's your wife doing? How's your, how's your wife doing? She's, she's taking things one day at a time, man. You know, like I mentioned, this is, um, this is kind of like a worst nightmare scenario for her. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door to door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content, social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram reels or TikTok or YouTube shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, Story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because Story will send you a video prompt on what to record. 
You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try Story out. You're going to thank me later. I love talking about this sponsor because it's oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows or have sponsors and they either don't use them or they might have used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. <laughs> and, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But this sponsor... This one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Two Ys, why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the Zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos, that get responses, that people go, ooh, I want to talk to that. If you want to know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you. They'll write the captions. They'll add the relevant hashtags. They put it on the platforms that you care about the most. And after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you want to target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes the headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. And I've been using them for a long time. And I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast. And they're also the exclusive sponsor of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two Ys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link, therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Based on what she's already experienced in her life. So, you know, I've worked from home a lot more. You know, I, I've chosen to not go into the office um, since this happened. Um, there's been a few days where I've needed to, but outside of that, just to be supportive. She's very strong. And she also seeks to understand in a really deep way. And these are just one of those things that you'll never understand. And um, I think that's the greatest challenge. Uh, you know, and thinking about like putting their school clothes back on the first day to send them back to school, like that took like a week of emotional mental preparation. 
Because again, mm. what do you see? You see like all, and it's just like this reminder because it's like the constant thing and all the coverage and in every photo and in everything. So she's doing better uh, every day. And some days we take it minute by minute. But the best thing that Which I can wife? do, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, I took a sabbatical last year because I was very emotionally, spiritually, mentally prepared for this without knowing that this is what I've been preparing for. What, what's your wife's name? Ashley. Ashley. Well, mm-hmm. Ashley, if you happen to listen to this, if you're like my wife, you'll never listen to it. <laughs> but <laughs> Ashley, if you listen to this, uh, we all love you and we're supporting you. And, and we, we can't, nobody can dismiss what's happened here. And the, the trauma that you've got to work through is certainly real. But just know that just like your husband said at the beginning of this, we're not trapped. We're in training. So there's something in this that that there's going to be a huge blessing. I believe, um, you know, it was Napoleon Hill who said in every adversity, there's the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Yes. And so some so somewhere there's a seed in this, a seed. It's not full grown. You might not even notice it that one day is going to blossom into something pretty amazing. Who knows your your son or daughter may grow up to be one of the most influential people in the world on on leadership. And they can always look back to, hey, when I was seven or when I was five, and six people were killed in the, you know, the classroom right next to me where I, where I was as a kid. If I can survive this and we can move past this, you can survive it too. So who knows what the, right. um, the equivalent or greater benefits going to happen, but let's, let's shift because I know this has kind of been a, um, probably not at all what I expected, probably not what you expected. It's all to talk good, about, man. But- no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you have such a good attitude about it. And I, I really, really appreciate that. So you, you actually spoke at, um, I, I run a mastermind called the Exeter club. And you spoke at our mastermind workshop back in the earlier part of the year in January. And I was really shocked because I don't, I don't actually, for anybody that knows about what I do in our workshops, I get speakers to come in, but I don't dictate what the speakers speak about. And frankly, I don't even ask. I'm like, I just expect because I know the people coming that they're going to deliver great value. So I don't really promote, Hey, we're going to be talking about X. I, of course, I what I speak on, I let my guys know, hey, I'll be talking about this topic, but our guest speakers will mm-hmm. do something else. And you came in there and blew everybody away because <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. Like, so how did you get involved? First of all, give a give a 30 second, like what you talked about, just so that we know what we're talking about. And then then I want you to follow that up with how you got introduced to that as a concept to start teaching it. Yeah. So what I essentially what I talked about was um it's a, it's a, it's a process that's called human design. Um, but what I talked about was essentially how to live from a place of inner abundance and from a place of true alignment in your life. And, um, essentially I found a modality, uh, that's allowed me to help people who are in business or in life, um, really identify their core strengths energetically versus just basically in theory or like whatever they think that they're great at or whatever they think they're best at. I just started seeing this like huge ripple effect of people who were going into entrepreneurship and they wanted to develop businesses, but they didn't realize that they were going on the biggest human and personal development journey of their life. And so I chose to be a guide. I chose to be the miracle in the middle to help them in in transition from point A to point B to be the one that got them through uh, from bondage and slavery and frustration into the promised land. And um, that's my tour guide uh, job is to get people through the desert. And um, so that's what it is. I mean, it's essentially a tool that allows you to live by your unique human design using five different scientific and let's call it spiritual modalities that blend together to give a core concrete example 
of who you are, what you do, why that matters, how you can operate from your strengths that are energetic, where you have consistent energy to deliver things or do things, and also the unique personality type that you are. Um, and so, yeah, I figured out how to leverage that for essentially, you know, coaches, consultants, experts, entrepreneurs that are building their personal brand. And I have eliminated the noise and the confusion. Um, and it's one of the greatest things that I do. I love it. Um, I tell people like, if you're stuck, give me 10 minutes and I'll change your life. <laughs> and they're like, what? what? And I'm like, yeah, if you're stuck, call me 10 minutes. I'll crack the code so much so that you're going to be like, I wish I would have done this a decade ago, but that's what I do. And how did you, how were you originally introduced to this as a concept? I heard about it like five years ago and I looked it up and it looks like some crazy graph. And I was just like, I don't understand what any of this means. And so I just moved on. Right. Like it's really like, it's got a lot of deep science to it. Um, and so you need a God, you need an interpreter to kind of go through like, oh, so here's what this means and here's how this connects and here's how the whole system functions. So I heard about it. I don't just from a friend. Um, and then, uh, you know, last year I took a sabbatical. Um, basically at the beginning of the year, I just decided like, Hey, I'm just going to kind of shut it down and, and I'm just going to focus on my own development. I did hundred therapy sessions in a year. Um, I met with a, a Taoist monk who changed my life. Um, you know, just went all the way in, man. I went and took the inner journey. And so when I was reintegrating, you have two things, right? You have, you have, you know, alignment is both personal or professional and spiritual. So like the personal professional part, I made a ton of money, but I was spiritually out of alignment for, for the previous seven years. So then what happened was I hit this transition point of where I went to do the inner work. I became spiritually in alignment, but then I couldn't figure out what the hell I was here to do. It was a really big question for me. It was a really hard one to try to solve. And I didn't have a guide. And that's kind of how my life goes in this specific arena. I didn't have a guide who could just hand me a blueprint and say, hey, here it is. But I know now, even by my design, that I'm meant to go through things so that I have the integrity to lead other people through them. So it's really not for me. It's like I go through trials and tribulations so that I can deliver hope or clarity to other people. And that's essentially how I ended up using this process was like I had to figure out me. I found out about it. I figured out how I could just kind of connect the dots to my work and my personal brand and like how my energy works. And just things just started clicking in place like instantaneously. It just felt like... Um, if you're searching for that one puzzle piece to finish a thousand piece puzzle and you look for it for a decade and then you finally find it, that moment of satisfaction is what I experience. So that's what I love to give to other people as well. And you're helping people discover success, whether it's just life success, relationship success, um, you know, entrepreneurial business success through their design, how they're designed and how God created our bodies. And some of us, because of when we were born and where we were born and what time we were born. I mean, it was really interesting to go through all those little pieces of like, this leads to success. If you just understand how you were designed and what you're led to. So with that mm -hmm. kind of as a, as a backdrop, I'm going to ask you this question. How does Nick Cavuto, how do you define that word success? Yeah. So success to me is essentially the ability to experience the emotion of the thing that you want before you get it. Success to me is the ability to experience the emotion of the thing that you want before you actually get it. And I define this in my life because 
when I really started understanding energetics and how they operate and started getting into understanding the law of attraction and the universal laws, like the ones that have been here that God created as part of how this whole ecosystem works. Um, the law of attraction is incredibly powerful. And I had to start reminding myself, if you want the thing, like if I want success, if I want to define success or I want to become success or I want to live a life of success, the definition behind it usually comes in four, three to four emotions, like emotional adjectives. So here's what I know. How I define success is, is by having the state or the feeling, the emotional feeling or state of freedom, safety, generosity, and recognition. And what's interesting is when we demonetize the thing that we want, because a lot of people assume like, well, I want to be successful as an entrepreneur. Well, then what does that mean? Well, I want a lot of money. I don't want a lot of money. I want a lot of ability to, to be generous. I always have. I've never been in it for the money, ever. And you can ask anybody who I've known for whatever. It's never been the goal for me. I was a pastor before I did this. I made $25,000 a year and I did it for seven years. And two years of being an entrepreneur, I made a million bucks. Like, the, and that was a benefit. Why? Because money is a consequence of doing what you love well. So if we're chasing that, we're chasing the false target. So for me, success in my world is understanding that I have the ability to be generous, that I have the ability to experience safety. I have the ability to experience freedom in my life. And I have the ability to first recognize the uniqueness of who God created me to be and what his thoughts are about me, what my thoughts are about me, which then interprets the mirror of what other people, how other people see me and view me. So life is a labyrinth. You go out the same door you came in. And um, I believe success is just understanding the core emotions that you're attempting to feel on a daily basis, embodying those without the satisfaction of having it because faith is all the evidence that you need, that it's possible. And when you can embody it and you can feel it and you can pull it in, guess what? It comes a hundred times faster. And that's how we do our greatest work. The ability to experience the emotion of what you want before you get it. So with that as a definition of success, do you consider yourself to be a, a successful person? I believe that, it is a daily journey. Success to me isn't a destination. It is a process and it is an emotional state. And uh, it is a refining of the mind and the heart and the soul. What we want every day changes. And so I set my intentions every day to go, what do I want? Who can I help? Who can help me? How am I going to do what I want with the people who I want to serve? And then I prioritize and execute. And then I can look at my life and go like, I don't need to ask myself why I'm here. I don't need to ask myself this bigger question of what success looks like on a macro, huge, massive level. And then am I living up to those principles every day? I've just kept it really simple just to go like, I believe that. So as long as I'm connected to my source and connected to God's purpose for my life, that success is guaranteed. There's something in my life that I've always said um, and I've always felt that God put on my heart, which is it doesn't matter what you do, you'll be successful. And what is success? Now I know what that means. But in addition, I think true success is being connected to your source. Where we feel the biggest challenges of life is because we're not aligned with what God thinks about our situation. 
That's called living yeah. hell. And so it's a fluid statement, but I think that I'm doing my best to make my creator proud and serve my family well and to serve people well. And I think that that would be considered a pretty awesome thing. <laughs> Man, that's good stuff. I want to, I want to give you the opportunity as we kind of finalize our conversation today to talk to you, the listeners and give them, give them like the number one thing that you could say, look, do this, this, this leads to success. This is the thing that gives you access to, to happiness, to joy, to success, to the, to the life that you want and your experience. What is that piece of advice that you would give them? I think at its core, um, it's to be compassionately curious. If you're compassionately curious with yourself, with who God is and not taking on the lie that he's some big, nasty man in the sky with a gray beard. If you're compassionately curious with your wife or your spouse or significant other, if you are compassionately curious with your kids, if you're compassionately curious with your friends and family and you're compassionately curious with uh, your work and what you want to do and why you want to do it. I think that's the greatest gift that if I could instill that in anybody, I would do it. And here's how compassionate curiosity works. When someone says, this is how I'm feeling. And someone says, this is what I'm experiencing. We know that we are the creator of our emotions, but when someone presents something to us, an idea, you know, a, a point of fracture or failure that we had on our part, a point of correction. It's to not take offense in that moment, but to just take a step back and to go like, okay, repeat it back to them. So what I'm hearing is this, wow, I can totally understand how that would be challenging for you. Like, let's say we're coaching someone. I can totally understand. What else does that bring up for you? And almost lean into the pain with them because that's where they want us. They're bringing it up in order to create a place of connection. The fractures of life come up to create connection. Our questions about God come up to create connection. Curiosity is the pathway to deeper connection. And so be compassionately curious, ask the question, do the Toyota test, ask the same damn question 35 times, instead of asking 35 different questions. And there will, I guess, you know, no pun intended here, but that's the root of success in a lot of ways to be compassionately curious with yourself and the people that you love. I love it, man. All right. So Nick Cavuto can be followed on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Nick Cavuto. And it's, I'm going to spell his last name. It's in it's a C A V U O T O Nick Cavuto C A V U O T O. He's also got a website at Nick And, uh, I would recommend you look this guy up, go check him out. He does, he does events. He does coaching. He does workshops and seminars and you should get connected with Nick Cavuto. I mean, surviving the covenant school shooting, um, bringing home that trauma, working through it with a man who's as strong minded and has the will to work through these things like Nick. I think this has prepared him for greatness even better. So go follow Nick, go check him out. Nick, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks, uh, I'm, I'm sorry you had to deal with what you had to deal with, but I appreciate your perspective and I'm glad that we got to talk about it in a meaningful way. And I hope it helped help the listeners today. So thanks for being here, man. I'm so, I know we'll see each other soon. Of course, man. Big love. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Uh, a very interesting conversation with Nick today. 
less about success overall, but more about how he experienced the school shooting at, in Nashville. And I really want you to pay attention to what he said at the very beginning. He said, we're not trapped, we're in training. And, and that mentality is what helped him and his family get through such a traumatic experience. And I want you to tap into that mentality as well. And I do encourage you to reach out to him, like I said there at the end, with all of his contact information. Nick's a great guy. You're going to want to talk to him and learn more, more from him. Also want to do just another plug of my book, Exit Without Exiting, how to exit your business without selling it and begin living the exit lifestyle sooner than you ever thought possible. I just came back from our Exeter Club, which is my mastermind spring retreat in the Florida Keys. And we had such a fantastic time with all of us as entrepreneurs learning to live the exit lifestyle without letting the business run us every day, without having to sell the business. So if you want to get the book, go to therealjasonduncan.com slash book and get your copy. It's only 16 bucks and we'll ship it right out to you immediately after you place the order. I want you to tune in again next time when we talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am The Real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.